close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Star Sport Podcast. I'm Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and as always I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On today's show we'll be joined by Cork captain and goalkeeper Martina O'Brien following their impressive win over Galway in Sunday's Little Ireland Ladies League Final. We'll also chat to Dennis Hurley about John Caulfield's departure from Cork City, what it means for the club and John going forward. Well, Kieran, there's only one place to start today's show, and that's at Parnell Park, where Cork were crowned league champions for the 12th time on Sunday, beating Galway by a scoreline of 112-27. to What did you make of the game and the result, Kieran? A fantastic, fantastic result, I'd say, to start off with for Cork. Um, to, to, to win the league title um, look back at, at this campaign it started off with two defeats in the first three games but since then this team has grown and developed and they're finishing the league in a far stronger and healthier position than when they started and I suppose for any management that's a great place to be in their last three games not only did they beat Galway in the league final last Sunday and Galway were the form team in, in the National League but before that they beat All-Ireland Champions Dublin in an epic semi-final that went to extra time and the game before that, they also beat Dublin in the league. So they finished the, the league on, on a real high, and it really sets them up for the Munster Championship that starts later this month. Um, Orla Finn, no surprise, player of the match. Um, I think was, we, are, we are her good-luck charm. She was on this this podcast last week. Um, great to see Martin O'Brien, captain, saved the penalty in, in early in the second half. Very important. It proved crucial, considering the final score. Really, really did, you know. Kind of fantastic. It was a, even though Martina's is fairly modest and she says the ball hit her as opposed to her saving it, it's still like she did her job. She stopped the ball going into the net. So It's um, unusual for a goalkeeper to display such modesty. Usually keepers like to have it all about them and um, every little touch or save they do, whether it be accidental or not, they'll, they'll tend to claim it. So... Good to hear from Martina there, a bit yeah. of honesty. Martina's breaking the mold a small bit. She's yeah. uh, redefining how a goalkeeper, I suppose, talks about themselves, which is <laughs> which is good. So no, but um, in all seriousness, great result for Cork. Like kind of, it really sets them up now this year for a, a serious kind of, um, I suppose, assault and and the All Ireland title. Um, last, it's not forgetting that last year Cork did get to the All Ireland final. They lost a very very good Dublin team, and Dublin will be favourites going into this All Ireland series again. But, but what it means is Cork are in a good place. They have a very, very strong panel. They're finishing the league in a very, very good position. So it's kind of it's it's, it's positive at the moment, Jack, and it's it's a good place for Cork Ladies football team to be. And it's worth noting too that Cork Ladies have enjoyed a clean sweep at Munster level. Um, I think during the fourteen under sixteens and the minors beat Kerry on Bank Holiday Monday and just gone in the Munster final. So it's been a fantastic couple of weeks for for Cork Ladies football. And as well as the senior team is going now and they're going well, the future looks very, very bright. Okay, then, well, let's hear from Martina O'Brien now. Kieran spoke to her a little earlier on. Congratulations, Martina. Fantastic stuff. Um, what a win. And your penalty save in the second half obviously played a part in it. Can you tell me a small bit about that? Um, yeah, thanks. I suppose, uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a very good win now. Um, like, I suppose going into the game, we were. Do you know, we, we, we certainly weren't favourites. Like, you know, Galway had given us a good game 
a good hiding, I suppose, in the first game we played them in the league. And um, look, all the talk, I suppose, was about us beating Dublin in the semi-final. So there was a bit of hype around that as well. And, you know, I suppose going into it, we wanted to just kind of calm all that down and go, look, look what what we wanted out of it, out of the league really was to, to build a team and um, I suppose just gel together a bit more because that hadn't happened, I suppose, at the start of the year. Um, and look, we came out with the win in the end, which was obviously brilliant. Like, but um, it it was a real bonus, I suppose, to to, to come out beating Galway. Um, like you said there, let's rewind to the start of the league for a moment. I think uh, Cork lost two of their first three league games, kind of. But since then, like you've been on a phenomenal run, and to finish in in, in the high that you have, like beating Dublin twice in the group stage and the semi final, and then beating Galway, who are the form team in, in the national league. You know, you must be pretty high in confident that, confidence after that, Martina. Uh yeah. Look, we played. We lost our first game in the league. Um, we met Westmead in, and, and I suppose we were lucky enough. We put in a, a better performance than we did the first day, and we got over them. And I think that gave us a little confidence. But I suppose what was the real kicker for us was the Tipperary game. Um, look, it was our first day playing. You know, there was a lot around playing in park, a double header and a parking ring and all this kind of stuff. So um, we were all. You know, it was an exciting day for us. But then to come out losing that, it was it was really kind of go right. We probably have to get ourselves together now here a bit better. Um, that really, really kind of gave us a kick on, I think, to work harder for the rest of the league and training kind of upped a bit. Um, just personally ourselves, all the girls went away, I think, and we were like, right, look, we can't be putting in performances like that, losing when we're up eight points and to lose by a point in the end. Like, it was it was pretty devastating, I suppose. So we were lucky to learn those lessons early on. And then we had time to kind of um, get ourselves together. We actually won the rest of our games, which was very positive. Um, I think that has kind of just gave us the confidence, really. Um, going into the Dublin game, look, we'd beaten Dublin uh, previous to that, uh, two weeks previous or something. Um, so we, we weren't getting carried away, but we, we certainly it did give us a bit of confidence. So um, I suppose that was a big game for us, the Dublin game. And once we got over that, we kind of grew grew more in confidence, I suppose, more than anything. Um, and believed that, look, we have a serious side here now. We have a really good panel and like the, what management have been doing with us, like since last year, even, you know, they've put an awful lot of time into us and they can't give us any more. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they're giving us everything. Um, and we're finally kind of, I suppose, using that and, and making ourselves better and gelling as a team better. You just mentioned there the panel of our team. And I was talking to James Masters, the Cork selector last week, and he made a point to saying that he thinks this... This panel was the most competitive panel he's seen in Cork since he's been involved, and that goes back to 2016. Even if you look at some of the younger guns, the, the two Kylie, Kylie twins from Benny Rovers, Emer and Dara, I think they both played in all nine games. Laura O'Mahony from Donovan Rasta has featured in a, in a lot of games. Even Claire O'Shea there from Beira, she started the last three games and was a sub before that. And you've Cyber Larry from Firkin Sale. That's just five kind of, let's say, local West Cork um, players uh, as an example. So when you put that strength in depth, when you, when you add, add those players, sorry, to the panel, Martina, there's a huge strength in depth there that you have now that you probably didn't have last season. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, like, I suppose there was a few of those girls involved last year. Like, they just came onto the senior panel from minor. Uh, so, like, the two Kylies, uh, Saeve, like, you've Saoirse Noonan there. Mm-hmm. There, was, there's, there was a few more there that, that came from minor. I suppose it did take a year, you know, a year just to kind of get used to the setup, get used to what, like I suppose realizing what you need to do to to make that step strength conditioning wise as well I suppose you just needed that a little bit more and 
um, it's really shown, uh, uh, like in fairness um, to management, like Dave, and I suppose you, all credit has to go to the underage structures in Cork as well. Like um, John Cleary has done massive work miners over the last couple of years. Um, and it really, it, it bears fruit for us, you know, at senior level then. Um, all those girls are doing so, so well. Like, and they really are keeping it really competitive training because they're young, they're fit, they're hungry. Now, they may have won stuff underage, but like, you know, when you get to senior, I suppose it is a bit different. Um, so they're hungry. They want to be playing. You know, they're really, really competitive, which which drives the rest of us on then as well. You know, you need that competitive environment to to really drive it, drive it on. And they have done that. And like, especially for the West Cork contingent, like it's massive. There's like, say, maybe is there ten of us on on the whole panel all together? Like, so that I think that's great. Like, there, I suppose previous to three, four years ago, there had only been two to three on on a on a Cork senior panel. Um, so it is massive for West Cork and like you kind of have to look at the West Cork set up there with the, you know, the divisional side has done massive work with, um, I suppose, getting girls seen, you know, like the likes of Melissa there would never probably have played, might not have played with Cork if she wasn't seen playing for West Cork. So um, massive work has gone in there and, it, it, you know, they have to get a get a lot of plaudits for that as well. Um, but no, it has, it has been very, very positive, you know, and They've, we've all gelled in together really well. You know, you think having such a maybe older group and uh, and such a younger group that it might be hard to gel it, but really everyone just gets on and, and we do have a good laugh, with, you know, which helps. I think this is your seventh season at senior level and you picked up your sixth um, league medal on, on Sunday. But for those younger players and the development of this team, how important was it to win against Galway and last Sunday, Martina? Uh, I suppose it can't be understated really like I know maybe there was a lot of our talk going into it saying look if we didn't win sure what about it or it wouldn't be a big deal if we didn't but it, it you want to build confidence and you want to build hunger I suppose when you win you get hungrier you're like geez that was great wasn't it we had it was so it, it's the feeling of winning I suppose you know you want people to to taste it and then want more and more um, now obviously you know if losing you you kind of can gain gain positives from that as well, but I think winning winning for us anyway was a big thing, and um, a lot of girls wouldn't have have had like any success at senior level. Do you know, this would be the first real big trophy, um, so it was really important. And just basically, for, I think for for confidence going forward, and just in ourselves that we're like, right, okay, now we can play it. We, we're we're big time players now. Do you know that we can we can maybe shake up the championship again. Even hopefully, you know, if we could make it to Crow Park and go that one step further this year, that you know, we know we have it in us now. Um, and it, it, I suppose that it comes back to that confidence thing that has helped us now. So Sunday's win was was big, was big, big for that. Um, I suppose like looking ahead to the championship, like the Munster Championships just around the corner, and then obviously the All Ireland series is coming very, very soon this summer. And um, is this the perfect launch pad, Martina, to launch a real, a real serious All-Ireland bid? Because let's not forget, too, the Cork Moore All-Ireland finals last year and lost to, lost to kind of a, a really good Dublin team. So considering where you were last year and how you've developed so much through the league this year and now you've won a, a league title, are you primed now for a serious bid at the All-Ireland? Well, you know, you'd like to think so, but I suppose we can't really get ahead of ourselves either. Um just looking forward to even Munster Championship now, like you see Waterford and Kerry there in the Division 2 final. Like Now, a lot of people would have probably tipped Kerry to win, which I would have myself, because, you know, they would have had more senior experience, but Waterford blew them out of the water. Like, they were unbelievable. Uh, so we have, you know, like we really have to knuckle down now, forget about, not forget about the league, but, you know, park it and move on. And, like, we have bigger things to, to work towards now, and I suppose Munster is our next thing. Like, we have to be extremely disciplined and, 
really well organized and and like we can't underestimate any challenge that comes against us I suppose like I think Waterford's actually our first match um so like you know nothing's going to come easy from now on so we're going to have to probably like yeah it was we did a good good bit of hard training there for the league and and it was great to win it but like we really have to knuckle down now and and really you know probably look after yourself a bit more and and even train really like harder so um but like look the lads the management are really good at kind of sitting us down and like telling us that don't get carried away with yourselves now like so at least we had that you know and and we're all we all know where we want to be at the end of the year but we all know how hard it is to get there so I suppose coming off the back of last year we have that kind of experience we kind of like we know how hard we have to work so we're hopefully going to put in that bit extra this year and, and go all the way. Before I let you go and you need to sidestep the question earlier and you were very humble I saw after the, after the final on Sunday but your penalty save in, in the second half I saw some interview where you said the ball hit you rather than you saved it but it was still a very crucial moment Martina kind of when it comes to penalties have you really started to proceed yourself or do you just wait to see which way the, the, the kicker goes or what's your when it comes um, to kind of staring down I suppose we're lucky enough the, the last day there was a bit of a, a time lapse before she got to take the penalty as well so I said it was about two, maybe a minute or two minutes. So, like, you could see you're getting a little bit nervous. You know, obviously, as a penalty taker, and I know the girls said this afterwards, they were like, Jesus, I'd love to just get down and just take it straight away instead of having to think about it. Um, whereas a goalie, you probably have, you know, you're not expected to save it, really. Like, so having that extra bit of time to kind of maybe try to put them off um, is good. But, look, I said it Sunday as well. It, it's not the best penalty Roisin's ever taken, I think. And she looked back and go, Jesus. I really gave gave her an easier one than I should have, but um, it's just I suppose you just have to kind of see which way they shape up. That's how I do it anyway. I kind of wait, see which way they might shape up, whether they step left or right. You know what, like they kick off then, and and it is kind of hope the best. Like really, uh, guess aside, maybe sometimes like we're it's not a science really that we have down. But uh, look, it came off the last day. Uh, it it was great that it didn't go in because like it really I suppose when you look back. If they had got that, it could have kicked them on, whereas it actually turned it around and we got ourselves together and kind of were like, right, if we don't take this game, it's going to be taken from us. So um, it was good that way. And like, I think I think you get those things in games, it'll either go for you or go against you. The next day it might not go for us. So look, we were just happy it did. And uh, look, anytime you save a ball or a penalty even, it, it is a good day, I suppose. Final question from, from me, Martina. You were obviously captain on, on Sunday. What a fantastic honour. Like you've achieved so much already with Cock over the years. But to captain a team that, that, win, that wins the league final, you walked those steps, you picked up the cup, you represented the team. For you personally, that must be a fantastic honour. Uh, yeah, it was. like, and I know it was a bit of a shock that I had to walk up the steps. Now I thought Darren was going to accept the cup and make the speech. But uh, she was like, no, no, up you go. So look, it is an absolute honour. Like, I mean, being with Cork for, for a couple, like seven years or whatever, um, like that, I, I find that is a massive honour itself to put on a jersey every day, um, to be able to train with the, the high quality of players that we have in Cork and just to be involved. But like, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, representing the girls on Sunday was was a dream come true, really, I suppose. Like, and um, they're such a good bunch of girls that, that you know, it was really my honour to do it. And um, look, that's another thing ticked off, I suppose. You know, getting to lift a cup for Cork is, is something you always dream of, and um, I'm glad I could do it. Okay, so, Martina, Mir, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck for the season ahead. Thanks very much. 
Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Towards the middle of last week, long-serving Cork City manager John Caulfield departed his role following a string of bad results. Caulfield had widely been credited with rejuvenating, rejuvenating even, the fortunes of his beloved club in recent years, including the famous League and Cup double in 2017. Kieran, this was somewhat of a surprising move, given all their recent success in the league, in the Cup Four Cup finals, etc. Were you surprised he wasn't given more time to turn it around? Um, kind of, even though it was probably mooted a small bit. Kind of, there was grumblings. Obviously, Cork City weren't going well, and there was certain kind of sections of the support weren't too happy with what was going on. But John was at the press conference on the Tuesday, and he was talking about turning it around. Yet by the Wednesday morning, he was gone. So it was a surprise in that sense that the day before that, that um, by mutual mutual agreement, that he decided to walk away. He was still talking about that he was the right man to kind of to to, to turn Cork City around. It, it is surprising, but it's. In one sense, but not in the other sense, Jack. I suppose the, the way the way football is now, it's a results business. Um, Cork City were struggling; they were third bottom of the, of the table. Attendance figures were down, so that probably had an impact on the decision. But when you consider the five seasons before that, what John Caulfield did for Cork City, um, wrote about it last week. But he made them relevant again. He made them a force again. He made Cork City were, were, were a club and a team to, to be to be reckoned with. Um, if it wasn't for Dundalk, you could just imagine how much the national media would have would have glorified John and hyped him up because he, he was such a good manager. In his five years, Cork City didn't finish outside the top two in the league in those five years. That's a phenomenal ach- achievement. Um, he did so so much for for them for that club, but unfortunately, that decision was taken. Kind of that they they felt that now was a time to to make a change to kind of. Just to, to, to stop the rot, you could say in some sense, because things were going so bad, they were out of winning in eight games. So, um, yeah, it, it's sad to see it in the net note, but it hopefully, and it shouldn't affect his legacy, um, what, what, what John has, has done for Cork City over the years. And earlier I spoke to Dennis Hurley about what lies ahead for both Cork City and John Caulfield. I'm joined now uh, by Dennis Hurley, who's a well-known um, sports journalist, obviously, here in Cork, but also very well-known for his... Cork City coverage. Uh, Dennis, it's almost a week now since the news broke that John Caulfield was leaving as manager of Cork City. Um, to start off with, were you surprised when the news broke last Wednesday morning? I wouldn't say I was very surprised because there had been growing speculation. Um, I suppose it's only natural when you go eight games without a win that that kind of that, that something like that will grow. Um, so, like, there, there was a press conference last Tuesday, and John was asked about his future and if he felt under any pressure and if the job was was in danger. And at the time, he was still fairly bullish and confident that he would be able to turn things around and be given a chance to turn things around. But uh, there was a board meeting that night, and uh, that was the decision taken then. So it it, it had been mooted. Um, so it wasn't a massive surprise in in that regard, um, but it, it, there was still a, a sense that, given that he had been so confident the day before, um, 
you were kind of given the impression that it wouldn't be happening yet, but obviously it was it was something that was out of his control. When you look at the table, I suppose when Cork City made that decision, they were Cork City third from bottom. Like you said, there are no win in eight. I think was it only three league wins all all season up to that date, and they were over twenty points off the leaders. Um, so the situation didn't look great from Cork City's point of view. But when you consider what John Coffey did for the previous five seasons, he didn't finish outside the top two in the league. Won it two years ago. Won the FEI Cup twice, I think. Um, when you look at his track record as Cork City manager and how he made the club relevant again and he made them a force in, in Irish soccer. Do you think he should have been afforded the chance, Dennis, to try and turn this around? Because this is the first proper slump in his managerial career in, in, in charge of Cork, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It, it was kind of the case that two or three bad months were outweighing five good years. And like you say, never finishing outside the top two and winning the league and winning the FAI Cup once. And there there hadn't been a slump like this, you're right. Um, I suppose football clubs nowadays are governed by the, the bottom line in a lot of sense and the, the attendance figures and there had been a notable drop in that regard this season. John John's style, I, I suppose, would always have come in for criticism in, in certain quarters, but when you're winning and doing well, something like that can be overlooked. But I think when when results weren't going well and there was a perception that they weren't going to improve, um, the criticisms will, will only grow louder. Uh, the, the crowd for the, the Harps game last Monday week, what, what turned out to be his final game, wasn't, I think it was just around the 2,000 mark, whereas City would have been budgeting for three and a half to 4,000 per home game this year. And ultimately, something like that is going to have the, the final say. It's something similar even with, with Arsenal um, last year when they decided to get rid of Arsene Wenger. It was because there had been a drop-off in attendances like that that ultimately the, the fans and their presence or absence will be the deciding factor. It, it's harsh on John, definitely, because he has done so much um, for the club. You'd have liked for him to be able to go at a time of his own choosing. I, I think maybe he might have even gone at the end of the season um, if he'd been given the, the the decision as to when to go, that he, he'd have liked to help transition towards a, a new team like he was trying to do, but um, there, there's no room for sentiment in this, unfortunately. Um, you'd probably look back on two games in the space of four days there in the middle of April, they were leading against St. Pat's going to the 98th minute. Pat's equalised, that finished one all. And then four days later, away to UCD, leading after 85 minutes and conceded twice to lose. So you're taking one point from those two games, whereas it wouldn't have taken too much uh, for it to have been six points. City would have been up around fourth in the table and this slump mightn't have developed. But it, when things are going against you, they really do go against you. And it seems like no matter what you do, you're not able to turn it around. It's like, you know, you're pushing against a brick wall and it won't budge. And it must be very frustrating to be in, in that position. Um, it could be too easy to kind of to kind of attribute one of the reasons to this for City's budget being kind of cut by, it was up to 300,000, a decision taken, I think, last October. Do you think that that, that had an effect in this and the fact that, that John Caulfield couldn't get in the players that he wanted to because... You wrote for the Southern Star a couple of weeks ago about even the lack of goals in the Cork City team, you know, kind of when Shawnee Maguire left and even even last year, I can't think of the, the fellow now, sorry, who, who left. But, um, Kieran Sadlier. Kieran Sadlier, so, yeah. Um, do you think like, those players were replaced or do you think is it, is it just too easy an excuse to say, well, Jesus, the budget wasn't 
it wasn't what, what it was, so he didn't get into players, so that kind of contributed to the current situation. Or Well, yeah, the city chairman, Declan Carey, was on the radio at the weekend on Red FM, and he, he was making the point that the budget reduction hadn't been that drastic. Um, so I think those figures will, will probably come out in due course um, at the, the AGM of, of Forrest, the, the supporters' trust that runs the club. But John John did say himself that there were four guys he was looking to, that he, he approached, um, and that all four of them decided to go elsewhere, that a city couldn't match the money being offered. Um, it, it might make the case that maybe he should have gone for quality rather than quantity, that the city... Had a, a fairly big squad, but probably a lot of players around the same level, and and nobody really to set himself apart and get the fifteen or twenty goals that you do need to be up challenging or around the top of the table. And even even last Friday, obviously they won one nil, and it was good to get a clean sheet, a very disciplined defensive performance. But the goal was still by Conor McCarthy, a centre back, uh, from a set piece. So. That's not a problem that's going to be sorting itself out overnight, and it's definitely something that John Cotter will have to be looking at as as time goes on. I think City, uh, as a club, too often in the past have flown too close to the sun and, and ended up um, ended up being burnt. And there, there is definitely a prudence there among the 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 people in charge, which is on the whole a good thing, and. That prudence has even been there over the last five years, and John was able to work within those structures. So, I, 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 to be honest, I don't know the exact ins and outs as to how much of an effect it has had on the, the ability to buy players. We can only take what's being said at face value. He was looking to get four players, or he he looked for four different players, probably in in succession when you know one would reject and he'd go on to the next guy, and none of those four are with City now. And there, there probably is a, a lack of quality in the attack and division. When you look at John Caulfield, he's died in the world, Cork City legend, kind of top scorer, top appearances, all, all the records he, he holds. What's the legacy he leaves with, with Cork City now? You know, like, like we said there, he's such a successful reign as manager up to this season. Like, what's his legacy with the club? And how well, he... it's, it's massive. You know, he, he was a legend as a player ever before he became manager and I don't think any Cork club has ever finished in the top two five years running and you know he he won the league he's the first man to win the league uh, with the club as a player and a manager won two FAI Cups and City had only ever won three before that got to four finals in a row probably the the presence of Dundalk and the fact that they're so good um, maybe means that John hasn't got the credit he deserves for what he's done because it, City's achievements are being looked at in comparison to Dundalk, but I think in the fullness of time, he will certainly, um, certainly be regarded as as one of the club's best managers. You know, you, you look at the bare figures, and, and they're there, and those achievements can't be taken away from right now. You know, obviously there's a there's a section of fans in every club who will complain no matter what's happening, and there were loud critics of John when the results started to, to go the, the way they did. But things like that are always only temporary. And definitely when his reign is looked at as a as a whole, you can't but give him credit for, for what he has done. Do you think you could see John Caulfield back as a manager of another League of Ireland team, considering how much of a city legend he is? Could you, could you envisage him in charge of another club, Dennis? I'd be very surprised 
you can never rule anything out. But going on, on what he has said in the past, that he said he he could go to any club and just deal with the, the first team side of things. But he enjoyed the fact that he had a, an involvement in every aspect of the club. Uh, and I'm not sure how much it would appeal to him to go somewhere else and just be effectively a, a, a first team coach, you know, or a manager and just dealing with that. Maybe it might and he could surprise us all. But I don't think that, you know, the, the League of Ireland is, uh, such as it is, you know, City are, are so far away from everyone else that if he did go anywhere else, it would mean kind of upping sticks. And I think he's happy where he is living in West Cork. Um, you know, he, he, I interviewed him at the end of last season and he was saying how his his contract was up at the end of this season, but he didn't know what the future held after that. But it didn't worry him either. He said if, if he was in his... 30s or whatever, he might kind of be lying awake at night wondering what would happen but he was happy enough in himself that he knew something would turn up and, and I've no doubt it will, we could see him you know, in a variety of different roles, probably sport related, but maybe not fully involved in sport, I think there's plenty of opportunities for him, uh, you know, it could be something with the FAI or, you know, he's been involved with UCC in the past and there might be something there definitely, um he, I would expect him to stay involved in sport in in some uh, in some capacity, but I would be surprised if he was managing anyone else. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star, featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, it was an extremely busy bank holiday weekend of sport across the county and West Cork, including some big senior football action. So I have a feeling this week's sports section is going to be going to be pretty strong. It's, uh, you know, I'm a very modest man, Jack, but this is a really good sports section again this week. Um 24 pages of the best local sports coverage. Of course, the Cork ladies will headline this week's sports section after the fantastic league final win. And considering there are so many West Cork um, players involved in the in, in the county team, it makes it even extra special for us down here. O'Donovan Rasta had a huge win against Bell and Colleague in the first round of the Senior Football Championship. Um, super stuff for Skib. That's two wins in a row now. They've beaten Carrigaline in the preliminary round a couple of weeks back. So we have full coverage of that. Um, also, in West Cork soccer, this Sunday, there's a playoff for the Premier Division title be- between Belly the Hob and Dunmanway Town. Both teams finished level in points at the end of, of the, the league campaign. So they meet in Skibbereen this weekend to decide who will win the league title. And we have an interview with the Belly the Hob manager, Mike Helen, who talks about, I suppose, the importance of, of, of this for Belly the Hob. It's the one title they've never won. So it's kind of, they're really kind of honing in on, on this. Um, lots of local G action was on the weekend in, in the, the Carberry Championships as well as the County Championships. Um, the Cork Miners in action against Kerry. So there's there's a load there. So it's definitely worth picking up the Southern Star this Thursday. You will not regret it. And as always, if you can't get to the shops, you can purchase the Southern Star online. www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can enjoy the Southern Star for less than two euro per week.
Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoyed these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show. Thanks very much and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.